Welcome to the Church in the Peak podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information, visit churchinthepeak.org or come join us at 10.30am every Sunday. So, Neil is going to speak. Whilst he's doing that, I'm going to pray for him. So, Father, we do, we do thank you, Lord. <laughs> we thank you for the joy of this day, Lord. We pray, Father, that uh, we will hear your voice. We will hear your words that touch our hearts, Lord. And uh, we pray that uh, it will be a great blessing to everybody. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Neil. Thank you. Well, it's a real privilege to be able to speak at your wedding and to... Uh the service for you. It's just wonderful. Uh, Stephen and Helen are in our group, so we see them every week, and just seeing them fall in love with each other and uh, just blossom together has been an absolute joy. It really has. And uh, I know that our group are all here, and I know that they're just the same as me, just delighted to be here this morning with you. And uh, God bless you. Um, When I was thinking about what I was going to speak about today, I felt God say to me, this is a marriage made in heaven. And I thought, whoa, where did that phrase come from? I tried to look it up in the Bible and it's not in the Bible. And uh, suddenly, so I googled it, as you do, or Bing or whatever other search engine you want to use. And um, it's basically that it's perfect. It's a marriage that is perfect. They are, we say things like, they are made for each other. Things like that, don't we? They are a perfect couple. And that's what we mean when we say it's a marriage made in heaven. It's perfect. It's wonderful. They're right for each other. This is going to be a great marriage. And we start off with high hopes like that, don't we, when we get married. And uh, I just felt God say today, actually... Although it's not in the Bible, this is a marriage made in heaven. And I just want to explore that a little bit this morning. What is God's view of marriage? How important is marriage to God? Because if you're going to say that God is at the centre of this marriage, which they believe, Stephen Helen, that he is, and I believe that he is, and I can see that by being with them every single week, What is God's view of marriage? And to understand that, you need to go right back to the beginning of the Bible. You need to go right back to the first book in the Bible, which is Genesis, and the story of creation. And you probably all know the story of creation. God created the world in seven days, six days. On the seventh day, he rested. And if you read in Genesis, it goes through and it says, God created the sun and the moon and the stars, and it was good. And he created the land, and he created the sun, and he created all the animals, and it was good. Seven times God creates, and seven times in Genesis it says, it was good. Until man comes on the scene. And in verse 18 of Genesis 1, God says, It is not good that man should be alone. I will make a helper fit for him, which is woman. And I know a lot of you ladies are now going to say, helper? 
Is that all I am? What do you think this is all about? And there's two ways of looking at that. You can look at it and say, I'm not just a helper. Or you can say, God was very wise. Because he knew that men need all the help they can get. (laughs) But it's true, actually. God knows that. Those of you who are married, how often is your wife right? Let's be honest. I'm saying this because I'm getting brownie points, okay? (laughs) But how often is your wife wiser than you are? How often is your wife more patient than you are? Let's be honest, guys. God says, it's not right that man is alone. I am going to bring a helper. Now, the second thing that's really important about that word helper is that it's not what we think it is. The Hebrew word means something completely different from what we think of as helper. We think of helper as, I'm doing something, you're going to be my helper. You can just tidy up after me, or you can do the dirty jobs, you can do this, you can do that, almost like a second-class citizen. And that's not the Hebrew word here. The Hebrew word is really, really important for us to understand what God's heart is for marriage. It's really key. Okay, it's in the Old Testament... David says, God is my helper. Same word. God is my helper. God is my helper in time of trouble. See, it's completely different from what we think it is. God is my helper in time of trouble. David cries out in the Psalms and he says, Be merciful to me, my God, my helper. Look at your wife like that my helper in time of trouble my helper when all is at sea that's what marriage means to God in the New Testament the word helper refers to the Holy Spirit when Jesus was uh, came back from the grave and ascended to glory he sent the Holy Spirit in his place and he says the helper the Holy Spirit who the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things. That word is the same as the word in Genesis, the helper, the Holy Spirit, helps us every day of our lives and he brings truth to us. That's what God says your wife can do for you. Verse Chapter 2 in Genesis says, Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. And this is the mystery of marriage, that there are two disparate, separate people that come together, and from today they are one. They are one. Not one above the other. They bring different things. They bring different things, two into one, a team complementing one another, each bringing their own strengths to make a formidable team together. This has always been God's heart from the very beginning of time. And it's even better than that because in Genesis it tells us that God walked in the garden in the cool of the day with Adam and Eve. It says that. Just 
Think about that for a minute. You know, sometimes you go for a walk in the evening and it's been a lovely day and it's cool and maybe you're walking down by the river on Matlock Meadows down there and it's beautiful and you're with your partner, your wife, and it's just perfect. Put God into that equation as well. They walked in the garden with God. They had relationship with God. They could talk to him about what had happened that day. They could talk to him about anything they wanted. They had relationship with God, and that is what God wants from marriage. The two of you become one, and yet in the middle of that you have God with you. The perfect picture is the Garden of Eden. It's beautiful. And yet in the very next chapter, as we know, It doesn't last very long. Man sins. Sin comes into the garden and destroys that perfection. And we have lived with the result of that sin all the way through time. Today, tomorrow, yesterday, sin ruins this life that we have. No longer is that relationship with God so perfect. Now there's sin in the way And yet God has always had a plan. That's why he sent Jesus to die on the cross for our sins, that he would take those sins away forever and he would reconcile us to God. That's what the Bible says. That's the whole point of Jesus coming is he came to reconcile us to God. He came to bring us back to this perfection that was in the Garden of Eden. He is a God of reconciliation and restoration. He wants to restore perfection to us while we're on earth, but also when we're in heaven, where it really will be perfect. Now, in my business, we do a lot of work with antiques and fine art. And uh, in our warehouse, we had these two chairs that came in from a client, and they were in the warehouse for ages. They were absolutely terrible. They were riddled with woodworm, all the paint was coming off, the, uh, the bottom bit was all hanging out, you couldn't sit on them because it would just collapse, they just were terrible. And we walked past these chairs for you know, months and months and months and then finally, the person who owned them sent them to the restorer and they were away for 18 months with the restorer. Now when they came back, They were nothing like the chairs that we had seen. They were absolutely beautiful. They were stunning. And uh, we saw the bill for the restoration of these chairs. And it was £20,000. And we were thinking, someone's got more money than sense. (laughs) But then, the chairs went to auction and they sold for £80,000 each. Why is that possible? i tell you why. Because that restorer poured his heart and his love into those chairs. He was an expert in restoration. No longer full of woodworm, no longer all the bits hanging out. They were now things of beauty. And even to my untrained eye, I could see that these chairs were amazing. They were like something you get in Chatsworth House or Buckingham Palace. Absolutely beautiful. 
Now, in a very poor comparison, that is exactly what God does to us. He takes us when we're broken. He takes us full of sin. He takes us in whatever mess we have got our lives into and he pours his love and affection and everything in him into us to bring forth something of beauty. I'm standing here looking at you guys. You are things of beauty. And you say to me, no, I'm not. I say, yes, you are in God's eyes. You are beautiful. Because he sent his son, Jesus, to die for you so that he could restore you. He could restore the relationship that we had in the Garden of Eden. That is what God does. It's the whole point of the Christian story. God comes to restore you to perfection. You may not be perfect in this world, but when you get to heaven, you're going to be perfect. You're going to be so valuable to Jesus. You are valuable now. That's how much God loves us. That's how much God wanted to restore what had in the Garden of Eden. He wants to bring that back again. And he did it by sending his son, Jesus. So what of Steve and Helen? Steve has written his testimony in this little book called I Once Was Lost. In his words, it says, it's a story of failure and destruction until he met Jesus, who set about restoring his relationship with God and rebuilding his life. Steve was like that chair, broken, pretty useless. You couldn't even sit on it. That's what it's actually made for, that you can sit on it. But God comes and restores and builds up and brings forth something. And Steve's testimony, these are out by the fuel stop out there. I would recommend you pick one up. It's really short, but it's a great little book. It just tells Steve's story about how God has changed his life, which is fantastic. Helen. Helen's been married before. Lots of hurt, lots of pain. But about five years ago, she met with Jesus. Not for the first time, for the second time. Jesus met with Helen 20 years ago, and she had an experience of Jesus all that time ago, and then she went her own way, and things obviously went wrong. But five years ago, five years? Four or five years ago, she came back to Jesus, and Jesus met her so powerfully. And he is restoring all that hurt, all that shame. Everything that has gone before, he is restoring. And here you are today, both of you. What a wonderful testimony to God's grace and favour. You cannot go so far from God that he cannot reach you. It doesn't matter what you've done in your life. Whatever messes you've made, and we've all made messes, he says, come back to me. Let me restore your relationship with God. God has his hand in their lives. And, you know, earlier when we were doing the legal part of the ceremony, I read this bit out and it really struck home to me. It says, who God has put together, let no man put asunder. Now you can just read that and think, well, it's just part of the ceremony. But actually... I really believe that's true today. Who God has put together, no one will put asunder. 
because I believe that God has put these two together. So what about the rest of us? It's great to talk about Steve and Helen and they're getting married and it's all lovely and wonderful and romantic and we've got love at the back here, which is what it's all about. What about the rest of us? God's final act of restoration and reconciliation will be to bring back the perfection of the Garden of Eden in heaven. That is what this story is all about. It starts with perfection in the Garden of Eden. Man comes in and messes it up by sinning and disobeying God. And finally, God is going to bring forth his people again in heaven. And you know the Bible says that we are the bride of Christ. The church is the bride of Christ. Not this building... Not a wonderful cathedral, however amazing the architecture is. No, not a building, not a cathedral. The bride of Christ is a living bride. It is me and you. You are the bride of Christ. Now, Leslie didn't know what I was speaking on this morning. And she sang that song about the bride of Christ. How does that work? That is the Holy Spirit giving Leslie a song to sing that I'm going to speak into. I had nothing to do with that. Leslie had nothing to do with it. It's just God bringing it all together as he does so wonderfully. We are going to be the bride of Christ. Just as there's joy with these two being together, there's going to be joy when we come together in heaven. And do you know Jesus is longing and waiting for that day. I just want to read you some verses from Revelation, which is the last book in the Bible. We started in Genesis, we're going to Revelation. It says this, Then I heard again what sounded like a shout of a vast crowd, or the roar of a mighty ocean waves, or the crash of loud thunder. Praise the Lord, for the Lord our God, the Almighty, reigns. Let us be glad and rejoice. And let us give honour to him, for the time has come for the wedding feast of the Lamb. That's Jesus. And his bride has prepared herself. She has been given the finest of pure white linen to wear, for the linen represents the good deeds of God's holy people. And the angel of God said to me, Blessed are those who are invited to the wedding feast of the Lamb, Jesus. These are true words that come from God. So the question today is, do you have your invite to the wedding feast of the Lamb? Do you have your invite? Because it's going to be an amazing day. Jesus He's waiting for his church, his people to come to him as his bride. Just as Steve's waited for Helen. And the joy that there is this morning in receiving Helen in all her beauty, that's exactly what Jesus is doing. He is waiting for his bride to come. Blessed are those who are invited to the wedding feast of the Lamb. You got your invite? Do you know where you're going? When you die, Jesus wants to remind you this morning, I want to invite you 
I want to invite you to come into heaven with me. I want to invite you to be my bride. And all that that means in heaven, I cannot even begin to tell you what it's going to be like. If you want to know more, read the book of Revelation. It is going to be amazing. It's going to be beyond our imagination. But that's the offer this morning. God's heart is for marriage and for relationship. It's come full circle from the perfection of the Garden of Eden, ruined by sin, sending Jesus to die for that sin, and then finally the perfection of Eden, restored in heaven forever. Where once again, God will walk with us in the cool of the day. It's a story of reconciliation and restoration and that is Stephen Helen's story today as well. So God bless you and keep you. Make his face shine upon you. In Jesus' name, amen.